This is Mai i Kuruwaka, Stories of Haputanga. This podcast was brought to you by Hapai Tohoura. In this conversation, you are going to be hearing the story of Ruthie Nielsen. Ruthie is a mama tattoo. She is hapu and expecting her third pipi any day now. And in our conversation, we talk about the challenges she experienced with her current pregnancy, particularly being diagnosed with COVID-19, which left her in hospital with pneumonia also. So it's a hard conversation, but it's also a really beautiful and uplifting one, which I hope that you enjoy. Kia ora Ruthie, tēnā koe, maui whai wā ki te kōrero tahi ki a māua i tēnei ahiahi. Um, tūtahi ake, if you just want to introduce yourself, ko wai koe, no hea koe, before we get into our kōrero. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Uh, ko Ruthie, tōku ingoa, um, and I am from Calston. I've grew up in West Auckland, and I am Samoan Māori. My dad comes from a village in Whaatuia in Samoa, oh. and my mum is from the Hokianga in Rawene, Umanaya, was where she grew up. So, yeah. Kia ora, tēnā koe. Tēnā koe. Thanks. Who's in your whānau? Um, so I am a mother of two and a half. So I've got uh, my husband Hans, who I've been with since I was 15, 16 years old. And we have Halo, who's four, turning five next year. And baby Hans, and he's one, turning two in Noema. And I've got another on the way, so another baby girl. Yeah. <laughs> so let's kick off there then. When did you find out you were happy with your... Current girl, your little girl. Uh, so very much a surprise baby. So uh, I th- yeah, I think we found it about February, February this year. Yeah. So yeah, another third surprise baby on the way. Um, <laughs> all of our babies have been surprises. So Halo is actually a really interesting story. So me and Hans, um, my sorry, my husband Hans, we had been together for almost 10 years and fertility never happened for us. Naturally, it took us a very long time. And Hans was actually told he had a 20% chance of having kids. Um, so we were just like living our lives in Australia and, you know, YOLO life, just doing <laughs> our thing. And then, um, and then I felt pregnant out of nowhere which was such a surprise we moved back to New Zealand um and then raised our family and then yeah another surprise came hard and then another one on its way and we're just going to keep going (laughs) (laughs) I love it yeah and so what was it like finding out you were happy with this girl um so with halo elation which was our first baby because we didn't know that that was going to yeah. even be a thing and then when we found out with baby hands it was like perfect timing um also elated this one was a little bit different I had just started at Harpai <laughs> was just getting my feet you know like hit the ground running with Mahi Hans had also started his job we were like really really busy with ministry I've, I go to um, a church where we we're really heavily involved um so it, we were very busy um and it was like a new season we we're like yes like uh, yeah it was really really cool like we were in a really good space and then we found out we we're having a baby and then so it wasn't the same like, I think I cried because <laughs> I was like no like we're finally like getting our feet and we're you know we're still young we're like 30 and um we've got plans and career plans and um, we want to travel with our two kids and that sort of thing so this one was like definitely a surprise um and then, yeah, 
And then this one, this journey has been a wild one (laughs) probably compared to the other. Yeah, so on top of everything else, yes, I did develop COVID um, as well. So on top of everything, it was, yeah, it's been been quite a pregnancy journey, very different to my other pregnancies, for sure. Yeah. So so that's like further down the journey, right? Yeah. You contracting COVID. Yeah. The months following, what was that like? Um... Hans was really excited because he's yeah he just wants to be a dad and have heaps of heaps of kids so he was <laughs> like yes those. and then I was just kind of like in the space like oh god are you, are you all good <laughs> <laughs> are you sure um and it, it took me months yeah and because you're in that like super sick phase of because then I we went through our first level four lockdown where um I was just sick every single day like I couldn't even come out of my room because smells would just like set me off um and it was just heartbreaking because the kids were like come out you know like they're like clawing at your door like come out come and play with us but you just your body is not responding to living (laughs) so it was really really tough and then so that on top of many other lockdowns after that um has been really hard yeah it was a hard early pregnancy yeah and it just continued (laughs) that was like that was a breeze in comparison to what I eventually went through yeah yeah because we were laughing about how I hadn't seen you because I also had a baby a few months before no, after you got pregnant, hey? Yeah. I mean, I'm leave a few months later. And the next time I saw you, he was only about six weeks. Yeah. And we were at church, and obviously you were just this glorious, glowing angel <laughs> on stage, like with your beautiful bum and you're singing, and I was like your biggest fan in the front row. Um, and then we talked afterwards, and we were talking about how um, – how everything was going and I know that you had read some of the mahi that I had been doing on racism within healthcare yeah and I remember you saying to me man like I just feel like I don't don't know anything about it which is strange like I'm brown and I've grown up in these white communities and I just I've grown up in a predominantly white church yeah and I just I just don't know much about it I really want to learn next minute yeah you end up in Jeffah yeah (laughs) So what were the next few weeks like? Are you able to talk about that? Yeah, so, yeah, I remember that conversation pretty vividly in the foyer um, because at that time it was like the Black Lives Matter movement mm. and then I was really like realising how actually privileged I was, even though I am brown, I was in all these white spaces and I was able to be like kind of mould to be wherever fit, fit to yeah, fit. Yeah, yeah. And because on my Samoan side, we're, we're known as the Māori kids or the, the Hories, and then on my Māori side, we're just islanders. So there is no like, so we again, we just, we, yeah, me and my siblings are just like, who are we? <laughs> <laughs> and um, so then when Black Lives Matter happened and I was like, okay, cool, I really want to educate myself. And then I had that conversation with you. And then, yeah, going into Jetpack was just the icing on the cake I think um so yeah so what happened I mean so we were part what of what got you into jet park <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what was my what party did membership you... <laughs> <laughs> what was your secret thing? how did oh, you get gosh. invited to jet park okay so we were a part of the 
bereavement cluster was what they called us the bereavement cluster or the august mini cluster was like another one um mini mini cluster names in the herald or in the paper <laughs> and then uh, yeah um so what happened was we went to um uh, hans's uncle passed away um and we were uh, at a tangi and we had just come out of level two uh, sorry level three into level two so it was like that week of transition transitioning kind of thing, yeah. so there was you know we were having um time where at the house where we were just like you know being around each other we were um supporting our family throughout the tangihana and yeah we we're just eating and just hanging out at the house and at that time we weren't the, the body was at um at morrison's so we weren't allowed to bring him home, but the night that we were allowed to bring him home, we just had him for the night and then we buried, uh, yeah, we had the, the tangihana the next day and then buried him the same day. Um, but in amongst that time, there was someone that was present at the whare, um, where she had COVID um, and she, sorry, no, she tested for, for COVID. Her husband was already positive. Um, yeah. So she, her husband was already positive. She came and she had a test, but she hadn't had a results yet. And it was a time where it was like, we're all whanau, like, you know, we've all lost someone. And mm. there is that like desperation to like want to see your whanau. But mm. it's also meant that, yeah, we all contracted COVID from, from that instance. Um, so I was the first to get it. And this is all a part of the, the Mount Roscoe Evangelical Fellowship cluster. So that's all, we were like a connection yeah. of what, like from them. And I think they had it from a, yeah, I think they caught it from a wedding or something. Mm. I'm not too sure around how, yeah, that all blew up. So then we were a subcluster to that. And then from there, it was me. I was the first person that tested positive from our sub-cluster, our family cluster. The next day was my son. The next day was my sister-in-law, mother-in-law. And then it just was like boom, 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 boom. All, all up, there was 18 of us at Jet Park. Yeah. And so And what? positive cases. Yeah. Oh, wow. And so how quickly did everyone kind of have to move from your test? Well, I, because at the time that I got my test, we only got it because my brother-in-law, sorry, my cousin-in-law, tested positive so when we when we heard that he was positive we're like oh we've been with him and his kids my kids have been at his house we'll just no one was symptomatic we were just like oh we'll just check just to make sure at that time we were just it was just a precaution Mm -hmm. so we're just like oh we'll just see and then to actually become positive it was such a shock like I remember just sitting what happened when they called you yes they ran like nine at night because I was the first one because I wasn't even meant to get tested because I was like oh I wasn't even there so it doesn't matter at the time when it was all happening so Mm. I was like oh I wasn't even there Hans you get in because to be honest I was scared of the nose thing the nose test (laughs) (laughs) so I was like oh no I don't really want to get it and then Hans got his done next to me in the car we went up to we went up to the funnel in Glendane and he got his done and he was like crying (laughs) and I was like bruh I'm so not (laughs) gonna get it done and then Millie the nurse she was like oh just uh, sorry no she was the doctor she was like oh it's okay it doesn't even hurt and then I got it done, like just as like okay, I'll just get it done because he got it done, and then I was the one that got the call, and because they all got their um my kids Hans, they all got a text early the next day to saying say they're all negative, but I never got mine, and I was like, oh, that's weird, <laughs> but in the Tangihana week, everyone was kind of getting tested 
because we have family that go to um, Mount Roscoe Evangelical Fellowship Church. Right. So they were like, oh, no, it, they were telling us, they're like, oh, if you get a text, it's really good news. But if they don't text you, you have to wait for a call. So I was kind of preempting, okay, I'm waiting for a call. And then I got a call from like a, it looks like a hospital number, and I knew straight away. I knew straight away. And at the time I had, we had friends over. Um, oh, just like they were just watching the game. I forgot what the game it was. But, yeah, so then as soon as they rang, I, like, kicked everyone out because I knew straight away. And then, um, yeah, and then she was asking me questions like, oh, how are you guys feeling? Like they really, like, you know, butter you up at first. I was like, oh, how are you feeling? Yes, you went to go get your test done. So it all seemed really positive at first. And then all of a sudden I was like, so, yeah, unfortunately, you've, you've, yeah, you're positive. And I was just like, we, it was like nine at night. We were watching TV, just had dinner. So we were just like monging about. And we were just like, what the heck? And, and you didn't even feel nothing. How were you yeah. feeling physically? No, no symptoms. So no, how long no. from then did you start feeling, you know, unwell? Um, well, pretty much. So that was Sunday night. Monday night. Because well, what, what actually when I think about it the week before is I was tired all the time, like I wanted to sleep. So I feel like that that was my first kind of symptom. But I just put it down to my pregnancy because we had had a full week hanging out with the family at the Tangi. Mm. I just thought I was tired. and then, But now thinking back and I was like, I think that was the first sign of my body saying, mm. like preparing. Right. Yeah. So then Monday was like slight headache and then Tuesdays came fevers and then that's like the the killer, like the fevers, the hot, the cold, the shivering. And I was at home because it takes a while for the process to kind of kick in because they didn't really know what to do with my family because I was the only one that was positive at the time. Um, so they were like, okay, well, we'll take you to Jet Park and then we'll leave everyone at home and like and I, I was sad because I was like oh my gosh I'm not going to see my kids for like two weeks thinking that I was going the facility it's the- yeah so it's the managed isolation quarantine facility where positive cases go or close oh. contacts go okay um so if you're a positive case you go on for 10 days if you're a close contact it's 14 days um oh because you have to if you're positive you've obviously got it so you have to see it through you've got to see it through most contacts could still carry it yeah yeah, right up to the 14th mm -hmm. day and not have any symptoms or anything Mm -hmm. like that yeah and because covid's very odd like the like i was very sick but then like my mother-in-law sister-in-law had loss of taste and loss of smell and can still function like a normal human yeah whereas i was like (laughs) on my deathbed i felt like i'm dramatic but (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's a bit of a slow process with us because they, or oh, sorry, Auckland Regional Public, oh, what is it, Auckland Regional Public Health Service, because there's ever-changing information. So at the time it was, cool, pack your bags, you're going tomorrow, which I did. So I packed my bags, packed everything, just enough for me for two weeks. And then my son f- became positive. And then it was like, okay, well, it's inevitable. I think we're all going to probably fall positive. And that's it, what happened anyway. Um, so then we decided as a whole whanau will go. So that's my mother-in-law, my sister-in-law. They don't live with us, but they tested positive within the same time as me. So that's my mother-in-law, my sister-in-law, my two kids, my whangai niece, my whangai niece that lives with me. And then, um, and then my husband and so there were seven of us all up. And then we decided, well, we're a bubble and we'll just all go together. Um, and that's all we did. Yeah. Wow. <sighs> yeah. So that's Dick. So you get the call from us yeah. on Sunday night. Sunday? Yeah. Saying 
you're positive. Yeah. And you know that it's been three days since you get that test. Yeah. Right. What's going through your head at that point? Just shock, I think, was a big thing. Um, also, just worry about because what does COVID, because straight away I just started Googling what does pregnancy look like with with a person who's contracted COVID. And um, we were talking about it before, like there's just not any information on um, on Google that you can readily just read. Um but I did ask the the nurses, you know, straight away with us, what does that mean? Because I'm pregnant. I'm like quite far along. Yeah, what does this mean? She was like, oh, we have had people come through and they're fine. Um, so that was like quite reassuring. Mm-hmm. But you talk to many, many different nurses throughout the day. You just, your phone's like just off the hook ringing with different nurses, different shifts, like, because then they change shifts and trying to remember it and like who I'm talking to. Then you've got whanau order ringing you, the whanau, like they're like, okay. All trying to help. All trying to help. And then you're trying to set up like what support you're going to do moving forward. Because I'm both Samoan and Māori, I had all these like different people ringing me. They're like, who do you want to go with? Do you want to go with Samoan or Pacific Island um, support? Or do you want to go with Māori support? I'm like, I don't don't know. Both. (laughs) Both, all of the support. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, just uh, very overwhelming, definitely overwhelming, and just very anxious about leaving the kids because I think that was like the first thing I was like okay you're gonna go on by yourself for two weeks without the kids and at the time I wasn't symptomatic so I was like oh like I'm gonna be like crying for my kids or not knowing I was actually gonna be like super sick moving forward Mm. um so yeah just really overwhelmed so scared scared yeah yeah so at first you were in there on your own or you guys all went in at the same time so they I found out Sunday we didn't move to Jetpack till Tuesday night so we had those two days to kind of, and it was back and forth negotiation. It's like, do you, are you going to stay at home and isolate? Um, or because at the time my family who had autistic positive, they were able to quarantine at home because there was heat, like uh, kind of situation, there was heaps of them. So they were able to stay at home. And it was like, but I was the only positive case. So it was like, well, remove me. That was like the, the first, most yeah. selfish, unselfish thing that I should do. But I was still like, mm, can we just all go together? <laughs> like we're all going to get anyway <laughs> so it was um yeah so it was like okay remove me but then when my son became positive and then everyone else was like boom boom but like pretty much straight after um it kind of made the decision easy like okay let's just all go together mm-hmm. um and yeah yeah I think we were talking about before that they were trying to separate you guys yeah so when we we're in these negotiations on the Monday and Tuesday. We're having many conversations about, okay, what does this look like for our family? Um, I'm positive. My son's positive. Everybody else at that, oh, sorry, my mother-in-law and my sister-in-law are positive. But I still had my husband, my niece, and my four-year-old who were negative. And then it was, they were saying, no, it's fine. You guys all go together. There's no point because you guys have already been like in each other's pockets pretty much mm-hmm. because I co-sleep with my kids mm-hmm. and they're coming in and out. And I had been for the last two weeks. Nothing had changed in our mm-hmm. household. So they were like, oh, uh, like us were like, yeah, just all go together. And because I, yeah, we just had that conversation very early. Like, what does it look like when we get there? How long are we going to be in there for? Like, these are the questions. I actually wrote them down. I checked them on my phone, two questions that I have. Can you do countdown online orders? Can you get Uber Eats? 
all questions. Those are like my essential questions. Front of mind. Yeah. <laughs> so I had all these questions written down ready for them and with apps we, yeah, it was all kosher and all sweet. Mm. So we all, like we had our plan and everything like that. But amongst all the millions of different calls that you're getting throughout the day, they were like, wait for a call from Jetpack. So then I waited for a call from Jetpack and they did say over the phone, when you come to Jetpack, it's going to be negatives and positives will go to separate ways. Mm. And then I said, and then I was like, well, that's not what we've discussed. Let me ring us. So if you can imagine, so you've got us in the middle, you've got us, then you've got Ministry of Health. And it's just mm. very disconnected. Like the conversations are... Um, very, yeah, I was very in the middle. So then I rang us and I was like, hey, they're saying that they're going to separate us. And they're like, no, that's definitely not going to happen. Let me sort it out. Then we wait. They talk, they sort it out. <laughs> and then after rings back, say, oh, no, it's okay. I've just talked to the head, whoever, coordinator that's at Jetpack. It's all good to go. Just just show up and they'll sort it out as soon as we show up at Jetpack. So so yeah, we pack our car. We literally take everything: microwave, blender, because oh <laughs> we took our vacuum cleaner because we didn't know if they were going to clean the rooms. Um, and because there's seven of us, like we have to make sure that they like we have everything that we need. And then with two small kids, um, we wanted to make sure they have their snacks and all that sort of thing. So yeah, we yeah we had everything um, ready to go. We packed our car. We told our kids we we're going on a holiday, and they were like all excited. They're like, yay! Um, and then we show up at Jetpack and then it was, it just happened so fast, like so fast. So the army, open your back door, search your car. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> so, and that shocked me. I was like, so we pulled up and then we see search everyone. The army, or alcohol, oh. drugs, I guess, making sure that there's no, I don't know, things that you're not like really allowed weapons, to bring in. Weapons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A bomb. A bomb. <laughs> A bomb. <laughs> <laughs> So we, we, we roll in and then we see the army come out and then you've got Ministry of Health all in like full PPE, um, which in hindsight, because they ended up like some like a staff member contracted COVID at Jetpack anyway, so that's all warranted. And so we pull up, we pack in and then all of a sudden the back door opens, which is like, what the heck? So we turn around and then army dude's like bringing our bags out one at a time. And hindsight like literally hadn't even turned the car off. Wow. Yeah. And then so, and because we had all like so much stuff, it happened so fast. And then she was like, oh, we're going to move the positives to one side and the negatives to the other side. And then we we're like, no, we've just had a conversation with us. Um, and it's all good. Like, we're going to stay together. My mother in law, my sister in law had already arrived. So they already had set our room up. And there was room for all of us. Like, it was a massive, like, two bedroom plus lounge and kitchen. And she, they had video called us, like, this is our room. Like, this is what it looks like. Here's your bed, da, da, da. So we were like, okay, we set up. And then when we get there, yeah, they, they were like, okay, we're going to move the negatives and positives. And we, we were so confused. And it was happening so fast. And I was like, no. So that would have meant you, Hans and baby so Hans, Hans would have been separated. And no, and Halo. Yeah, and Halo. So it would have been Hans. Sky, my niece, and Halo in one room because they were the negatives, like and then me oh. and son with my mother-in-law and my sister-in-law on two separate sides of the buildings for fourteen days. And but we already knew, and then, and then but then I was like, well, we need questions because then it's like, okay, if they become positive, do they then move into our room or like? But these are questions they just couldn't answer while we're in the car park trying to like 
Yeah. So if we had had a conversation and like planned that properly, I think we would have been more readily available to maybe listen or da da da. But they keep saying like, we just want to educate you. We just want to educate you about what you need to do. And I'm like, um, I work in public health. I'm pretty educated about how this all goes. Mm. We know we've talked with AFS over three days. We know, um, the procedure we know what we're allowed to bring or not allowed to bring and that sort of thing like we know what we have to do it's just this is not the plan like Mm. at all and I had read in the paper about people getting separated um when all families being separated when they go into facilities if it was an issue about space or whatever like that but and I just didn't think it would happen to us so it was so crazy and then um so yeah I Hans was already separating the bags because he was like, the, the army's here, like, just just do it. And I was just like, nah, I'm fighting. <laughs> I was like, no, we're not doing it. And then um, Hans was just like, it's all right, just go, just go. Just uh, This is so, like, the kids are screaming because Halo's like, I'm not, like, she wants to be with me. And then my son's like, I want to be with Sky, my niece, because they're really close. So it, all amongst us, the kids are, like, besides themselves, freaking out. And then on top of that, they're, like, Hapuwe's mom's, like, going handy. <laughs> so it was just, yeah, it was crazy. And then we get there now, like, the room's on the top floor, and there's, like, heaps of stairs. I'm like, um, look at me. <laughs> Does it look like I'm going to walk up these stairs? And she's like, oh, because you're pregnant, you can't walk up these stairs. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I was like, yeah, it was just my heart was beating so fast. And then it's like prison material because then it's like don't touch anything, walk with your hands, like, you know, this, gloves on, full PPE on. Um, and then they took me to my room and they're like, can you put the chair in a certain area, sit down, and then it's questions on questions on questions. I was like, oh, we've already had like interviews for over three days, but yeah, mm. that was us going into Jet Park. <laughs> And it was so just day one. Were, yeah. It was literally, yeah. Uh, you guys all day. ended up together in the end. And then I had to ring um, AFS again and say, like, this is what's happened. They were shocked. They were like, what the heck? Like, no, I've talked to someone there. I've sorted it all out. Um, leave it with me. And then by the hour, my family were all reunited. But I was just thinking, I was like, what about Fano that just don't, like, you know, I work in public house. So I know kind of the... Speak the talk. Yeah. But what about Fano that I've read about in the paper that are intimidated by the army or by public health workers or, you know, anything like that, where they're just like, okay, this is just what we have to do. Mm. And it's like, well, actually, no, like, we have rights and you've talked to, you've organised something you've ahead of time it's and you've made a plan and that sort of thing it's not like you just show up and then it's a completely different story mm. I was just thinking about finding like that like oh it's hard yeah yeah and then so at one point you ended up in hospital eh? was it just twice you? yeah oh, twice, so yeah. the first time was because baby's movements was really low oh, so once I got into jetpack I feel like I just got so sicker and sicker and sicker every single day yeah so talk us through that what happened in the months following that lead up the week, weeks yeah. following that led up into hospital so when we first got there we were like like I actually had energy to fight but day two and three um just the fevers the chills were just so bad they but they come every like pretty much every hour to come and check on me just to oh make sure God, because God. I was so sick mm. um and then my baby's movements were like minimal but beforehand they were like like baby was moving heaps 
really, really strong. But then as my half was deteriorating, I just felt her, she wasn't moving. So I went into Middlemore the first time just to check on baby. That was overnight. Um, and then they were happy with, so they put you on the CTA and they, yeah, they were happy with the movements. So like, you might not feel it, but you, she is moving. Mm. I was like, okay, that's sweet. That was, were like, you that busy, was like, so feeling? Scary. I was like, yeah. practically like jabbing my stomach. Like, yeah. I think all good. It I feel like so even scary. if you don't have COVID, that's a thing, right? I yeah. certainly remember being like, fuck, she hasn't kicked it. And it's yeah. like, jab. okay, cool. She's alive. She's alive. Yeah. <laughs> well, orange juice, like always yeah. wakes the baby. Like, so I was downing like OJ, like crazy. And I'm like, no nothing drinking nothing okay and then I was getting freaked out and that was probably the most scariest time the whole time that it was in jetpack just waiting um to, yeah to see her movement and then I had scans and I could see her and she they said she is weak she is tired but she is you know alive and well and yeah mm. yeah and then I went back to jetpack and then the fevers just were like not going away at all and then and I was like on all the meds like crazy they were coming to check every hour my oxygen was low um my temperature was always like 39 40 it was getting like dangerous levels and they were like cold shower and then sit on the deck and then that's so then like already while you're already shivering you have to have a cold shower plus sit on like a deck where I was like freezing um no blankets sheets but then like you go from like sweating to shivering like yeah it was it's so hard and then because of the whole cold showers and then sitting on the deck thing I managed to get pneumonia yeah <laughs> and then that's when I spent my stint in Middlemore for seven days yeah and that so, was just you and that was just mm. me because at this point everyone well, we were nearing our 10th day so everyone else is like super like healthy. They're going on the yard time. Yard um, time. Because <laughs> you get like every single yeah. day at Jet Park, you can, you know, they have like a family service where they'll come and pick you up. You have to have full PPE on. Um, and then you the go for walk. Like literally it's there's like cones. It, it's, a, it's like prison, a bougie prison. <laughs> so it's like cones. Oh, yeah. Don't let, we'll get to food later. Um, but there's like cones and you have to walk around the cones. You can't touch anything. Anything. you can't talk to anyone two meter distance away from any other whanau but there's heaps of people there like it's a massive facility mm. so it was hard to like not like oh, hi like talk to people and then of course I had 18 family members all in the same building so it's like hey how are you um yeah so yeah you've got yard time and then yeah and then pneumonia and then pneumonia so yeah well my family are all able to like go out and live their life kind of or adjust to um jetpack we were already nearing our 10th day which is freedom but for you to get released you have to be 10 days and then three of those days have to you have to be asymptomatic so it's no runny nose not even a cough nothing the minute that you have that, it's like, oh, no, nah, you just extend. And there is no, like, time frame. It's when your symptoms stop, you or have three days. And then yeah. you have to have 72 hours of absolutely nothing. Then you will be considered for release. Mm. But because at that time we were nearing our 10th day and then I had just gone into Middlemore. So then by the time I was in Middlemore, my family were all released. So my kids, my sister-in-law, my mother-in-law, and then my husband was just at Jetpack waiting for me. So... That was all good. So we we're like, oh, cool. So I'll finish my 
week in Middlemore. But in that time, it was like, it's like breathing through a straw. That's what it felt like with pneumonia and COVID. And I was thinking, now I know why people just don't survive this. Like people who have like other underlying health issues, Mm -hmm. because I'm like a healthy 30, 30 year old with like, you know, normal lungs. But when you, like, I couldn't, like, you can't lie down without feeling like you're going to have a heart attack because you're just like, you can't breathe. Like that makes you breathless. It's the shortness of breath that like gets you. My room, like my bed's like here and then the toilet's like maybe like three steps. That was like climbing up Everest material because you're just like sweating and you're tired and you're like short of breath. And this is all while being on oxygen. So imagine like without, um, yeah, and then just like lying down, like just sitting up to like lying down, your heart's just like, oh, like you can't breathe in. Like I, the, most of the time I had to like sleep sitting up because like getting down was just like so, oh, it's hard to explain. Yeah, it's like all I could think of was it's like breathing through a straw. So that's all you had to. Yeah. yeah. And that's like all the airways that you have. So I was like, I know I know why people just don't survive this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anything can prepare you for what you went through, right? Like yeah. there's no prior experience that you can lean on, but obviously you've come through it and are doing well and amazing now. Yeah. What got you through it? It was the excitement of seeing my kids again. I was like, I just need to get home. But there was like, because with my crappy veins, I don't have like veins they can't find IVs oh yeah same. so, so yeah it's so bad <laughs> so like after being cracked and prodded I was like cry like literally they, they had an anesthesiologist come through they had the um the scan to see where your veins are all that sort of thing and then she was still like getting all the wrong things so I was just like crying like hundreds and I was like oh my gosh just breathe so it was the first night <laughs> that was horrific and then every night was just like sick 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 what got me through honestly was the middle more staff like the nurses mm. were incredible mm. like they'd come in and um it's such a process to even get into the room because I had COVID so they there's like three doors that they'd have to go through so like one's for their washing where they wash their hands or they clean beforehand second rooms where they put their PPE on and then they eventually come into the room and then so it's like a rigmarole just to get in because obviously I had COVID um so I'll hear them like 20 minutes before (laughs) yeah I'm like I could be coming in um so that yeah but when they'd come in they'll be like do you need because they can't just come in quickly if I buzz like do you need anything now because it's you know it might be a while before we come back um and then they're like, I had nurses that were like, can I pray for you? Um, can I bless your food with you and bless your medication with you? God, like, legit sent angels for me. And then one of the first night, um, I had an Islander nurse. And I was like, yes, like, my peeps. <laughs> and I just cried just that she was an Islander and she was coming in my room. Because before that, I hadn't had anyone, like, that I had kind of made it not a friend but like you know connection. a connection with at that time and I'll always remember her name's Lena from Ward 7 and um and she just like was like like and the, I hadn't had a shower in two days because I couldn't move and she gave me like a bed bath and all that sort of thing. and I was so embarrassed because I was like oh my gosh like I'm pregnant I was like I used to have a nice body I'm just so sorry because <laughs> that's the things that you worry about when you're like in with COVID and pneumonia 
And I was like, Lena, I'm so sorry. She's like, oh, it's all right. It's all right. I've got you, girl. Like, oh, my gosh. And I was just, like, crying. And then every day, and then every day she was always there. And then she even took, so she knew that I was leaving Sunday. She picked up an extra shift so that she could say goodbye to me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I know. And I was like, Lena, when I get out of, and because I don't actually know what she looks like. She was in full PPA. I have no <laughs> idea what so she's just this mystery. She's like mystery this mystery nurse. angel, which I like, she knows my whole life. I know her whole life. Because she'll sit with me and we'll just talk for ages. And um, I was like, Lena, man, when I get out of here, we're going to be best friends and I'll find you wherever you are. <laughs> And she's like, yes, girl, like, let's connect. And, um, and yeah, nurses at Middlemore got me through. So there was like such a long digress. But, <laughs> um, yeah, nurses, the doctors were amazing. And just my faith in God got me out of there. Every day was worship. Every day was started the day with prayer. There was some days where I'd like plan, like, like yes, you're going to have a strong day tomorrow. Get up, go for you, because you can't leave. Like, you're in a room with no windows. Um, you can't go for a walk outside. Like, I missed the air. Like, it was so odd. And the room's tiny. Like, it's like this. And, like, so you've got your bed. So I'd be like, okay, I'm going to wake up. I'll do my exercise, which is, like, walking around the bed. And then there's other days where I just wouldn't move because I'm just, like, so depressed. <laughs> I'm like, I just want to go home. I'm so sick. Um, And then I just kept getting, like, visions or, like, images of, like, what like what life is like when I get home. And that's what got me through. I just kept thinking, like, of me hanging at home, watching the kids on the tramp, drinking coffee, like just so simple. Mm -hmm. But it was those images that got me through that like got me out like, okay, just be strong, get over this, hurry up so you can get home to your kids. Mm -hmm. um, so I definitely found my second wind, I think it was like Wednesday, Thursday, because like the the first Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, it was just like, oh, I hate my life. Oh my gosh, poor me. <laughs> and then Wednesday, I was like, you dig your heels in, like get some grit. Like you have to get out of here like now for your kids. Um, and then from there, it was just, okay, get, your, get yourself better. Like you can't move, that's okay. Just go walk to the shower and just, yeah, mm. do the little things that you feel like you can't do, but you just have to do. Um, and then from there, it was really, really fast. Was it back out. to Jet Park after that? Or well, that was the thing. So that wasn't the plan. So the plan was, um, well, had I thought at the time, was get well, be asymptomatic for three days, which is normal, um, and then get to go home. So by Sunday, I had been able to breathe unassisted. COVID seemed like that was done with, but it was just the pneumonia that was sticking around. Um, so once that was all good, I, yeah, I was like, oh, I feel like much better. I can breathe on my own. I'll be able to go home. And that was always not the plan. We didn't talk about it with Jet Park or with ARVs, but it was like assumed like we'd already been there for three weeks. Mm. So we were like, oh yeah, get better here. And then you can go home from there. And already my family had all been, yeah, released. Um, and then they rang and they're like, okay, you have to start your 10 days again at Jet Park. And then my kids had, were already at home. My sister-in-law and mother-in-law were watching my kids, but they have jobs. They have school, like uni. Yeah. So it was like, okay, well, both parents will be in Jet Park. My kids are at home already. <gasps> oh, the kids were with your... Mother-in-law and sister-in-law, oh. but it was only until 
I was able to get out of hospital so we can, because Hans was already released too. So he was able to go home, but he was just waiting for me to go back so we could go back together. And then again, then they rang me and they're like, okay, it's going to be another 10 days. If you're asymptomatic by the 10th day, you can go home. If not, you just go day by day. And then at that, but at that point I didn't have like runny nose or shortness of breath or anything like that. I was just like legitimately just, Recover, like recovering yeah tired and tired maybe. and I hadn't moved being in a room yeah. for seven days so like the and it's a vicious cycle right the less you move the more tired you oh get. yeah yeah but you raise a good point like COVID is expensive for the government but it must be expensive for Fano because if you've got both you and Hans in the end, not being able to work. You guys still have bills to pay. Like, yeah. you can't imagine Mercury Energy being like, don't worry, guys, we'll just waver the bills oh, for the yeah, next few months. Of, yeah. How did you afford it? So, and then that's where the government actually came through. <laughs> so every single day, AFs ring you and they do a, so you've got two checks, which is done by Jetpack. So they come to your room and for PPE, they do, you know, your oxygen um, and all of that sort of thing. And then you have your AFs, nurse they bring you every single day and one of the questions they ask is do you need financial support so that's like Kai support or like yeah, Kai parcels hygiene packs um or any like bills like your power your internet and all that sort of thing um so that's when you tell them oh but, but, yeah I need this this and this being paid and that sort of thing but um through COVID because our jobs were still paying us. We were still able to uphold our bills, yeah, even though we were in a facility. We just mm. did work as we could. Um, that's cool. Yeah. So that's like God really blessed us and came through for us in that way mm. that we could still have a livelihood while we were away with no, um, I guess, rules like, oh, it's got to be sick pay or it's got to be like COVID pay or it's got to be like, yeah, it was just. No question. Yeah, just no questions asked. It's, this is your pay to live because mm. you're going through. Mm. What you're going through but again like you say with other whanau they don't have the luxury of that like we had like my mother-in-law um where everything is a like has processes and that sort of thing where they just they don't know they're using their sick pay because that's yeah what else do you do what else do you do what if you don't have sick pay and um us or through the government or i think it's through msd ministry of social development i, I think that's how they pay everyone's like rent and that sort of thing but then again that's only for a short amount of time mm. yeah and you come out and you're still really tired obviously I've heard stories of people who've got COVID they're negative but they're immunocompromised yeah how could people like that be expected to work and just return to life as normal and then mm. the actual like your mental health has taken an absolute beating like my uncle who was in there with us he's not the same when he's come out like he you know because after going from like a month of don't touch anything like he's just so freaked out to touch anything now like goes out in full like gloves and masks and that because it's just like Anxious. the fear and the anxiety yeah. that you live with post-covid doesn't want to see any family because you've you've got that like fear of like even though we've already had it mm. but there's that like oh we haven't talked to anyone for a month we're just kind of like isolate mm. still like it's yeah that's then that's a whole different thing too yeah and you said your kids uh change this experience has yeah. changed them too eh? yeah so my four-year-old um you know if there's a knock on the door because they're jetpack they knock on your door <laughs> um she has a knock on our door she's like mommy do I have to do nose do I have to do nose which is the nose 
swab, which she's talking about. Um, if my phone rings, which is usually after every day, which they ring, she's like, do I have symptoms? And like for a four-year-old, they just shouldn't know this stuff. Like she doesn't want to go out because she's like, do they have Corona? Do they have Corona? Because she's like, I don't want to be around anyone with Corona. Mm-hmm. Um, which for a four-year-old just shouldn't, that shouldn't even be a thing. But yeah, she's just so aware of c- Corona and everything's to do with Corona now. Mm-hmm. I so, think yeah. you see that a lot with a lot of our kids, eh? Like, you do know, you? even through what they're hearing at school and could and stuff they're yeah. very oh, yeah. much more aware of it and you know kind of give parents little prompts and stuff which is I think they're all going to be Changed. kind of influenced yeah, yeah diff- to different degrees obviously like Halo experienced it like <laughs> firsthand. yeah and poor thing because she's never negative the whole way through oh she didn't even she get didn't it. even oh. get it but because she didn't get it she's the one that always has to have nose swab nose swabs and okay. often oh. because yeah if she becomes positive, then she stays in 15 days. Mm. So it's like no one else had to get um, no source because we were already positive. The point? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And the nurses said there's, you know, you don't get a no swab when you leave because COVID can still be in your system for six months. Don't be scared while you're sitting next to me. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like it just stays in there like dormant yeah, yeah. Um, up to six months. So I could still probably test positive if I went downstairs to wipe it out and got a test. Oh. So that's they, they just don't even bother retesting. Yeah. Um, and they just go by your symptoms. Mm. Yeah. Crazy. But yeah, it changes you. It changes your family. Even like us, like man, our priorities. Like when we thought, but before COVID, you know, and then when we come out, we're like, oh my gosh, we never want to stay inside ever again. <laughs> uh, watching TV just seems like such a waste of life. <laughs> like things like that. Yeah, we just take for granted, like having a park across the road, or we live next to Faux River. We never went there as a family all the time. Now we're like, we can't wait for Halo to be free, so we can just like, yeah, be more outdoorsy and to appreciate yeah. the things that are that we just don't appreciate. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's actually a good point now, and this might be a bit of a preemptive question, but what have you learned about yourself from this experience? Uh, I think I just, uh, what have I learned about myself? I just definitely my priorities have shifted. Um, I've always loved being busy, busy with mahi, busy with uh, ministry, um, and with Fano and and the things that matter, like the people that came through for us while we were in um, in Jetpack was crazy. Like the amount of people that have that came and bought um, like countdown orders for us or Uber Eats or you know going to our house to clean our house, do our garden, and it just made me think like this is what matters. Like when I get out, I want to do more for not even like yep yeah, Fano definitely, but even for strangers, like the the power that I have to help, I can help people but it's just all like oh you know oh later oh they're all right or there's a very big difference between hey let me know if you need anything to showing up anyway and actually just doing something for mm. someone I mean I'm very and I was very much the first like hey let me know I'm so here for you praying for you sis <laughs> One of those ones. yeah those ones but like from afar and then but the, the people that just literally just showed up with boxes of kai for us when we came out I was like I just need to be more like like that, mm-hmm. yeah. More help, like more using my time to help others. Um, I think because like, you know you, you always feel like you're doing the most with like your your comments on Instagram or whatever, but it's like actually ring them or go and see them, like see the people that you know or we may not even know. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, and then with all of this happening, 
while we were in COVID was like um, you know, mental health awareness week and suicide awareness week and all that sort of thing. And I was like, man, there's so much more that we could be doing as humans um, to just be kind and be mm. better and less selfish. And and I think that's what I definitely learned about myself was just more like focused on me and my little father and not really realizing there's so much more. Like you, you always feel like a pull that you man, I really need to do this volunteer here or do, you know, soup kitchen or like those sorts of things. You never really do it. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, oh my gosh, I just want to help everyone. (laughs) Well, it sounds like the biggest person you've got to be helping right now is baby. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Coming in when, a month? Yeah, four weeks, one of it weeks. Yeah, and I'm getting induced, so that's going to be fun times <laughs> so it's like going through all that like pain and like what I went through with COVID and yeah not being able to breathe and then you get like a little breather and then, uh, and then it's all about and then it's like again. start again yeah we'll yeah. have to bring you on again after baby's born to share your birth story oh yeah <laughs> I had a scan part two stay tuned <laughs> 100% and I had a scan this morning and she's like so chubby she's got the chubbiest cheeks and I just think like man so many things could have gone wrong in the season that we were in I could have you know I could have been seriously hurt or my baby could have been seriously hurt but she is so strong her heart is beating so crazy and like I think of the season that we were in everything happens for a reason and I don't know why that had to happen to our family (laughs) um but we've learned heaps yeah definitely Mm. on the other side now beautiful yeah well I think from your cordial Ruthie I have learned heaps I learned heaps about your story and about I think it's really inspiring mm-hmm. how you managed to have so much hope and courage really in everything you've gone through. Obviously I wasn't anywhere near um, supporting you as much as a lot of other whānau and friends that you talked about, but staying in touch with you throughout that time was yeah. so inspiring for me and just you really showed me a lot about what it means to have strength and just yeah, courage for your kids and for your baby. So thanks for sharing your story because I think I don't know how many people will be able to relate to your personal story from listening. But so I hope no one ever has to relate <laughs> to my story. Hard out, <laughs> but I think a lot of what you've shared will be relatable anyway. Mm. Yeah. Just like the adversity, you know. Yeah. Like although yeah. not everyone has faced COVID or will, but just the simple things that you've taken away from it that will hopefully. Um, mean something to other mama out there who might be going through stuff that is out of their control but you know just maintaining faith in what could be Mm, that might get them through like how it did for you yeah Mm, thank you all good thanks for having me guys (laughs) this is my ikuruwaka stories of haputanga this podcast was brought to you by hapai tohawada 